Welcome to the FCCI Pathway to Purpose podcast. As a Christian business leader, how do you integrate your faith with business? And how do you leverage the platform of business to draw others closer to Christ? FCCI has been helping Christian business leaders on this journey since 1977. And we pray that the content you find here will serve you well in that endeavor. You can find additional resources and opportunities to engage with other Christian business leaders at FCCI.org. And now, enjoy the podcast. We're on the issue of priorities. Let's bring it down much more closer to home. Be more practical. When you take the scriptures and you say, what are the priorities of God for me as a priest? And I were to take the scripture and, and throw it up and, and let it hit a uh, sifter and sift out the biggest idea of God Regarding priesting, one thing would be clear as the number one priority of a priest. It's going to surprise many of you in the room. The first goal is your spiritual growth. That is who you are in Christ is the most important part of this whole thing. You'll not priest for long if your walk with God is not is not strong and growing. This is the determining factor. Let me give you an illustration of this. When I went to teach college, I went to Oregon to a Bible college to teach. The man who was the chairman of that board was in his 80s then. He's now in his 90s. And I remember him coming to the graduate school I was at, and he spoke for 27 minutes and he quoted scripture nonstop and added a sentence between them. He didn't even prepare. He spoke for a week, and every day it was the same. I, I don't even know if he had a subject in mind. <laughs> he came in, he said, down his, he said, okay, young men, and he began to talk. Something on his heart at that moment, and he'd quote verses about it, and then he'd come to another subject as like it, and he'd be talking, and he'd quote verse after verse, and, and he'd ministered like crazy. I couldn't believe all the verses, and I, I didn't know any of them. You know, there weren't Roman 3, 23, John, none of those verses. You know, they're out of Ezekiel and Chronicles. And... <laughs> Second day, I counted the verses he gave, and there were over 30 in 27 minutes. And I, I lusted after that. <laughs> I said, boy, I'd love to know the word like that. Well, lo and behold, I went to the school to teach where he was a chairman. And I went down to his office after I was there for a while and said, Dr. Mitchell, can, uh, can I come in and get this gab with you for a while? I said, sure. I'm, I guess I'm old enough to be his great-grandson. He said, on one condition, you fill my dirty co coffee cup with coffee. Because it was down the other end of the hallway. I said, sure. So I went down and, and it came back. And we began to have a ritual. We never set up a meeting. And I would always do the same thing. I'd stick my head in the door and say, you have any, you want a coffee? Almost always, he says, oh yeah, I'm ready. Never the same day, never the same time. And he'd always push back his uh, Bible or his uh, dictation. And he'd uh, sit back and we began to talk. He had the same thing he did every time. We never admitted it to each other. He would start talking. He'd quote a verse on that subject, quote another verse on the subject, and usually the third or fourth verse he was on, he would stumble in the middle of the verse and say, now, Bruce, how does the rest of that go again? And in three years, I never finished the verse once. <laughs> and he used to laugh and say, they don't teach you the Bible the way he used to at Dallas Seminary, do they? I mean, no, no verse that was normal. And um, 
crazy verse. And he'd always put it, you know. <laughs> and we began to talk. And he began to minister to me. And at, at the end, uh, he would pray. I never prayed. I didn't want to waste a time hearing myself pray. And numerous times he began to pray and he would forget that I was in the room. And I can remember becoming embarrassed a couple times. Um, I can remember a couple times just uh, crying because the presence of Christ was so clear, so overpowering. And after a while of this, I said to him one day in his room, I said, Dr. Mitchell, I said, we uh, walk through the Bible, are, are teaching seminars all over the country, and someday it'll be all over the world. I said, why? I have a question. Would you, would you please teach me the Bible the way you know it? And then I'll take that, that truth and I'll teach it to my men. And they'll take that to the, to the people. And you will reach hundreds of thousands of people and expand the ministries God given to you. Will you do that? No, I won't. Couldn't believe it. That question expected a yes answer. <laughs> and he said, no, I, I won't do that. And I said, Dr. Mitchell, why not? I thought I offended him or something. I said, no, I'll tell you what I will do. So I'll help you uh, fall more in love with Jesus and the rest of it will take care of itself. <laughs> the priest understood. We miss it all the time. We clip off our branches, you know, and we prim up our leaves and we don't work on the roots. And it looks all right and then it begins to wither and we don't understand why it's withering. And why it doesn't seem to work anymore. And why the joy of the Lord goes away. Why? That's why. We stop feeding the roots. That's priority one. If you don't keep growing with Christ and stay at the foot of the cross. If you don't stay with God and continue to go through the process that he plans for you. It'll all go bankrupt. And the reason why you drop out of FCC and you go back to money is because you don't stay at the foot of the cross and pay the ongoing prices of cleansing in the inner man. Because that's where it's at. We have idols on our hearts, altar, that we don't even know about. And God's goal is one at a time to take them off. And every idol that comes off breaks a part of that altar with it. It's glued there. It's, it's been there. It's got vines in it holding it. If you're not walking with God, don't try to do this. Don't ever try to do this. You'll defame the name of Christ. And when God reveals a sin in your life that's blatant and you're in the middle of fixing it, you better shut up for a while. Don't go speaking that which you do not live. Just be quiet. Let God work it out. And then the message will be clean again and clear again. And the anointing of God will be in your words, no matter who it's with. The next issue then in the priorities is when you take the scripture and you throw it up and you say, okay, I understand that and I agree with that. Throw it up and you say, what's the, what's the next thing that I, as a priest, am supposed to do? First of all, I'm supposed to be a a priest who's rightly related with God on a regular basis. I'm in the Word. I'm praying. That's a real part of me. Second part is that I am to lead people to Christ. I am to share the gospel. And at FCC, we've called that the issue of salvation. 
That is, we are to help a non-believer hear the gospel and receive the gospel. Obviously, you cannot make a person become a believer. That's a work of the Holy Spirit in the heart of another person. But you can be used by God to do that. You are to be a proclaimer, a talker, a speaker, a one-on-one -on -one person, a person who writes notes, if you can, a person who uses the telephone if you're afraid to do it in person, but a person who does it. The second issue of priority as a priest, or the third one on our list here, is the issue of, biblically, the word sanctification. That word sanctification means, how do I help a believer, okay, grow spiritually? And that is a difference. This is to the non-believing community. This is to the believing community. The fourth stage, and the last one that we seem to find in Scripture over these years as a goal or a priority is the issue that we have called service. That is, to all men, okay, who have need. That's usually physical, emotional. This is the issue when I become a Christian. This is an issue as I grow as a Christian. This is where I'm hungry. My pipes broke during the winter and I don't have enough money to cover it. You see somebody doesn't have enough clothes. You buy them clothes. You notice that somebody who works for you is having a tough time financially. You call them in, you find it out, and you turn around and you give them a hunk of money. You help them. Whether they're Christian or non-Christian is irrelevant. It reigns on all men. The grace of God is shown abroad to all men. Jesus Christ loves all men equally. Those then seem to be from a, our perspective, the four goals, the four priorities, okay, of the kingdom of God. This is the goals or the priorities of the kingdom of God. Jesus Christ had one word that he preceded that sentence. <laughs> he said to seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. Why don't you take out your Bibles for a second, and just so you see, maybe a review for a few of you, what the all things are. Matthew chapter 7. Verse number, Matthew chapter 6, verse number 19. A pretty direct command. It says, don't lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. Uh, let me ask you a very interesting question. Is this a small treasure? 
Is this a small treasure? It's not an attitude, is it? <laughs> Don't ever read that verse and say it's attitude. Don't ever says. Don't ever again say to yourself, "I can hold things lightly and not be a treasure." Okay. Don't lay up for yourselves assets. That's how we would say it in business. Skip down to verse number 22. The lamp of the body is the eye. If your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. That's tied, ladies and gentlemen, to not having treasures. But if your eye is bad, it's tied to building treasures. You can't take it out of this context. If your eye wants to have treasure, your whole body will be full of darkness. And how great is that darkness? Why is it so great? Why is it? Why do you say it's so great to have treasures? Because no man can serve two masters. That's why it's so bad. For either he will hate the one and love the other, as we talked about, or else he'll be loyal to one and despise the other. You can't serve God and Mammon. Well, I don't know about you, but when I think about that, Darlene and I, right after last session, walked around that loop out there, and I said to her, "I don't have the courage to do this verse because I don't trust God enough." Can you identify with that? Sure, you can. We're no different. Therefore, Christ needs to answer our fear, and he does that in verse twenty-five, and he says, "Therefore, I say to you." Don't worry about your life, but that's the first thing I want to do. I want to worry about it. If I'm going to trust you and not have any treasures, then how am I going to handle the future? Don't worry about it. Yeah, but what am I going to eat? Don't worry about what you're going to eat. Well, what am I going to drink? Don't worry about what you're going to drink. What about what I'm wear? Clothes are expensive. Don't worry about, worry about your body. What you're going to put on? Is not life more than food and the body more? No, it's not really. We don't think about it. It's not really. We really think that's what it is. Want some proof? How I can handle your physical needs? Here's a good proof that you can rely upon me, because you're worried. Look at the birds. That's a proof that I'm trustworthy. <laughs> For they don't sow or reap or gather into barns. What's the point of the barns? That's a treasure, isn't it? If you're a normal believer, you want to scream right now. <laughs> you want to say this guy is off the beam here, somewhere. And so do I say that about the speaker. But his name is Jesus, and I'm just reading it. <laughs> Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Yeah, but can you handle us? Are you not of more value than they are? Answer: Of course, but I, I still can't believe that. Well, which twenty-seven? Which of you wearing can add one cubit of your stature? Point of this: Can you make yourself bigger? No, I can't. So why are you worried about clothing? Don't worry about it. Want another proof? Okay. Consider the lilies of the field; how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. They don't take care of themselves. And yet I say to you, even Solomon—that is, listen carefully—the most wealthy. Person of their lifetime of knowledge would have been Solomon, who had it all. Jesus took the most clear example of having everything. Solomon, in all his glory, 
was not arrayed like one of these. So if God closes, closed the grass of the field, which is today is, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, which means, okay, God even takes care of something as fleeting as a day. And as lacking value as a bird. Will he not more clothe you? And then he puts the nail on the head. O ye of little faith. That's the root, isn't it? If love of money is the sin, faith is the answer. Isn't it? The one issue that allows us as people to have the thoughts of Lucifer, which is, I will build my own kingdom. I will be independent of needing God or insecure about the future, is money. It is the method by which Satan destroys this relationship in you and in me. Verse 31, therefore do not worry, because you're going to be tempted to worry, saying, what are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? Or what shall we wear? Why shouldn't we worry? Why? For all these things the Gentiles seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need all, underline that word, all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Notice it doesn't say seek only the kingdom of God. Are you supposed to leave your business? Only if it's immoral. And I don't think it's probably immoral for you. You're supposed to seek God in your business. First, above profit. Way above profit. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Look at this. Here's the kingdom of God. Here's his righteousness in you. And you comes out to others. If the you's not there, it won't come out. If you're not sharing your faith with Christ, of Christ with other people, I can almost guarantee you you're not a growing Christian. It's nothing to do with courses. I don't know how. That's, that's a modern thought. You think they had witnessing courses in the early church? I can see it now. <laughs> Come for some, uh, you know, bagels. Thursday afternoon, we're having an evangelism course on how to talk about Jesus. <laughs> it's amazing. You and I have no trouble about talking about anything else. And you walk with God, you will talk about it. And you're no exception to that. And neither am I. You walk with God. Abide in me, and you will bear for a fruit. Without me... You can do nothing but bear profit. You can do that without God easily, sometimes. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. What are the, all these things? Food, drink, clothing. They are the things that we have fears about. That is... And all these things shall be added to you. That's a critical comment. It's added to you. You seek this, your part, and the boss's part is to pay you. If I work for somebody and I do my part, what's his part? To pay me. God says, if you seek my kingdom first, in priority, this first, 
It's his job to take care of food, clothing, and shelter. Now, either he's a boss that can be trusted, or he's a boss that cannot be trusted. Verse 34, Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. That'd be my fear. If I don't have any more securities for tomorrow, I'm scared to death. How am I going to eat? Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will take care of itself. Submission for the day is its own trouble. Thanks for listening to FCCI's Pathway to Purpose podcast. FCCI is a global movement of servant leaders who help each other lead companies for Christ. And the value of this content is greatly enhanced when you journey together with other Christian business leaders from around the world. Learn more at FCCI.org. And let others know about the great content you've discovered here on the podcast. Thanks for listening and leading a company for Christ.